Oh. Hey, Michael, give me a beat. Yeah. Sticks, homie, the kids home. Think what's now, swear the kid grown. Fly, I'm in fly mode. Take a seat, stupid, you see the sign on. Sorry, doc, it took a long time. Been on tour with Snoop, I was on my grind. Missed a couple calls, Hollywood and all. Tangeray got me feeling like hope, it's fine. <laughs> so I hit the booth for the caffeine show. Smooth D, holla, get at me, though. Hey, cute, nice, running like an athlete, bro. Cook, cook, cold, man. That's what I be, and so be Porsche. Cook, cook, cold, man. Pockets like Big Shirley, that's Martin Mike. Hurt your cook, cook, cold, man. Bars be cold, Alcatraz might murk you Caffeine wanna show, we the best out There you go, doc, in your mouth Money running like water, never drought Prepare the royal baggage, the king be out Cars never gonna lease a king be out Hurry up and buy, old dog, get out Damn, blah Hey, Stixie, can't be serious I'm about a serious as shade for five I'm living this Warren Buffett life See, I get this wealth My name is Money, cocksucker Introduce yourself Your last name ain't Benjamin I don't need your help If you ever block my money, just shoot yourself. Damn. I thought I told you before, this caffeine morning show. Let's go. Yo. Yo, Doc, I told you I got this thing right here, dog. This caffeine morning show. Smooth DQ night. Porsche, what up? You know what I'm saying? This how we, you know what? See, I flip the bars like a pie. Move a hundred keys out overnight. That mean a hundred raps in 24. I can sell it for 17.5. That's real work across seas. If rap don't work, I move these. Too metaphoric, then please. Like Swiss beats, I push keys. Don't forget them for what I deliver. No DiGiorno, no porno. Goodbye, December. Porsche will tell all the girls he fine, but he married. Go figure. Just still jumping his DM anyway because he. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> you I got you this how we do caffeine morning show am caffeine morning show in the damn building Wake your punk ass up Dog It's way back Wednesday Cute uh, nice on the ones and twos I like chicken and collard greens He has Tourette's So for those that Rock with the AM Caffeine Morning Show Every now and again Cute nice will just Say something He has diarrhea of the mouth But doesn't realize What he's saying That's because he has Tourette's And I'm not making fun of folks That do have that Problem But I make fun of him <laughs> Q nice on the ones and twos. Uh, Smooth D's not here today, but we don't need him in your mouth, Smooth D. Damn. And uh, Portia Coleman's in the damn building. It's the AM Cafe Morning Show crew. Yeah. What up, y'all? Portia's sharing. Uh, I'm sharing the mic. Get, 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 yeah, on the mic. Oh, wait, get, get, up, get up all in the mic. <laughs> uh, the reason that she's sharing the mic is because we have some special guests here that. Um, Deserve their own microphone And Porsche can just uh, Borrow then Borrow mine And you can just Actually leave Oh wow That's how you do it Yes okay Fine So like I told you guys On Friday We had a special guest Coming in today Um Wow man It's It's You know I'm a huge fan Of the Jacksons Like If you know me You know how I feel About Michael And I'm a little upset That I don't have A Michael Jackson jacket But we'll talk about that At, at a later date and when you 
come from you know you have groups that remind you of the Jacksons and groups that you actually got a chance to see grow up in front of your eyes as kids and you know sometimes you get you know groups in the 90s when there was a lot of R&B groups may it be you know you had uh you had guy and they, and a lot of those groups were young but they weren't they weren't kids they were part of like the R&B male explosion at the time but they weren't Members that you grew up with That you literally seen as kids So like with the Jacksons You saw Michael Jackson grow up New Edition You saw New Edition grow up And this group right here Like they were really Young kids Not like fronting Like you know teenagers They were kids And to be able to see them mature To where they became the, uh, The things that they accomplished And for me it was cool because they're from California, dog. And a lot of times when you see these groups, they're not from LA. The boys are in the damn building today. Dude, when I did you hear what I said? I said the boys are in the building. Gotta take off my damn Adidas jacket for this, dude. I gotta take off my Adidas jacket. Y'all think I'm playing. You think I'm playing today, dude. When I say the boys is in the damn building, that's what the hell I mean. So now the boys consist of Three or four boys, but we're missing one boy. Just four of us, yeah. So who are we missing? Uh, we're missing the youngest brother, Bilal. We're missing Bilal, aka Baby B. Baby B. So that's you guys introduced yourself for those of the, of you that are listening and you want to get re-familiar with the boys. That was Kyrie. Kyrie, you're a Scorpio. That's right. I'm Kyrie. I, I feel Scorpio, you. I am right. November 18th. November 10th. There October it is. Nobody cares about you. You're not even really part of this right now. You're not really part of this right now. Who else is in the building? Peace. Um, Hakeem. Hakeem? Come on, dude. I got Hakeem in the building. You don't understand. Hakeem, what's your sign? Aries. Aries. Okay. His birthday is coming up. Oh, okay. It just passed. Did you do anything special? Okay. All right. The boys having boys. Okay. And who else? What up? This is Taj. Man, come. Y'all think I'm Sagittarius? Y'all don't believe. Do you know the boys is in the building? Do you know what? How serious that is? Oh my gosh. That is so incredible. Shout out to my boy Ken Francis who made this made this possible, man. And I literally watched you guys from. From your start It's just so crazy to be able to speak to you guys And and, you know from watching you on videos And Video Soul and Soul Train And you know all the shows that were popular then um, And seeing you guys turn into You know Men is so fly Um, I don't even know where to start dude I almost got starstruck First of all I want to give a shout out to Don Ken For hooking this up too I want to say what's up to Don Legendary 
We, we changed his name from Dimekin to Donkin. So it's not Dimekin because he's a Don. He's graduated. He's graduated. <laughs> <laughs> it took a minute because he, he started. Yeah, it took yeah, a minute. Yeah, that yeah. it took a minute. He I went see. to a he went to a JC. Yeah. So he went to a junior college. <laughs> took can. a minute, right? And I thought junior college was two years. Ken was there for six, <laughs> but he graduated, and that's all that matters. I saved his name on my phone as Ken OG. Ken OG in your phone. <laughs> so dope So the boys let, Let's get into it man You guys came out In 1988 And you guys are before ABC uh, Criss Cross Like you know Some of those Those younger groups That we knew You guys were before All those dudes Um Signed to Motown Records Correct Yeah Who signed you guys At Motown Who actually, was the- Actually I think The single came out In like uh Almost like the summer of 87 87 So yeah. even be, Wow Yeah so it was cool And uh, Gerald Busby So signed. shout out Gerald Busby yeah, shout out to RIP Was, was Motown the only label That you guys Shot to MCA Well we were originally Signed to MCA Okay And then MCA Bought Motown And then We switched over Because Gerald Was at MCA first He was at MCA Right And they made him The president of Motown Right So he brought us with him Right I think um, Dick Griffey Also wanted to sign us What was that Solar Solar? At Solar Solar. Yeah that was like The early death row That's a good thing Y'all there (laughs) That was like The early death row One more company too I don't remember which one And I don't want no problems Dick Griffey And from your folks But I know what it was Um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so who was what other artists were on Motown at that at that time that may have been like, you know, not your age but kind of in that genre? Who else was there well, at, at that I, time? I tell you, I tell you, I, I'll go back even further. When we got signed to MCA, which was like 3 years, 3 and a half years before we prior to Yeah, we went to Motown. Um the reason why we went with MCA is because they had uh Ready for the World, New Edition, Bobby Brown. The MCA was definitely the hottest yeah, label. Yeah. Tiff, they yeah. Had Tiffany, they had the Jets. They had just all the guy, young. Guy yeah, guy. Guy was. Yeah. I think that was. Guy was like I think later. I think it was later, uptown later. Yeah, I believe maybe. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they had all the young groups, you know, and we were like, yeah. We That's where you need to be. Right. Because they know what to do with the kids stuff. Right. So did you guys shop a demo? Was it like the tra- the traditional route at that time? You guys did a demo. You tried to get it to a label, or did somebody see you? Because I know you guys used to perform a lot. Yeah. Did any did somebody see you perform, or how how was the shopping process to we get to, to Motown? We used to everybody knows we used to perform at the beach at Venice Beach, right? And we did that for about three and a half years, every Saturday and Sunday, and then we would do after the beach. We would go and to the private, after party. We do private parties. Whoa! What kind of private party are we talking about? Like Hugh Hefner no, no, at the no, Playboy we Mansion? Oh, well, you know what? <laughs> you like kind of think about it. No, no, we did do a few big mansion parties, but it, it wasn't like uh, it wasn't a Playboy Mansion, but it, it had it had the feel of it. Right. <laughs> but we would do bar mitzvahs and christenings right. and weddings and, and and charity events and private birthday parties and stuff like that. Sultans. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how old were you performing for the Sultan? How old were you guys at the time? I was I was the oldest, so I Mm -hmm. I had to be probably like uh, 
12 or 13. What? Yeah, so, so then y'all. So how, how old were if you? Tw- how old were you? Nine or 10. Yeah. Wow. Seven or eight. That's crazy. We both my mom when we got signed. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So we bought my mom's first car when I was in the sixth grade. And that was from working at the beach. Right. So So that was just getting tips for the whole the whole weekend. We Uh make make about back then we were making on the weekend about twelve hundred. So you'd make twelve hundred and how much would you guys get? Like what was your cut? What was your allowance? Right. Take my mom out and go to the movies and stuff, but everything went into our, our little kitty. Right. So you do that for what is that? You said for three years with that like Adventist Beach? Years, and what time, what songs were you guys performing? I mean, it was covers, you yeah, other covers, people's stuff? Yeah. Michael Jackson, New Edition. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Huey Lewis and the News. Yeah. Uh, Phil Collins. Uh, what's that? State of Shock. That, I like that one, too. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson and Mick Jagger. New Edition. Yeah, a lot of that stuff. Um, a lot of the hot 80s. And what was the rehearsal like at home? Was Pops was the one that was making you guys rehearse? He was the Joe Jackson, basically? Yeah, so the rehearsal was, he was like the Brooke Payne. No, right. <laughs> no, no. It started off where we was doing it by ourselves. You know, it was our own feeling. And then Pops was like, I got something here. keep doing it. Right. And when you guys were doing it, did you guys were just doing it as, like, it was just fun? Or what did you say... Like this yeah. is something that we really want to do. Like we really think we can. We started off doing gymnastics and karate. It was me and Hop. Okay. And then Taj would just jump in and do Michael Jackson in the middle of the, of the routine. And then it turned into like, okay, this this could be something for real. And the living room went to a straight up, took the wallpaper off the wall and mirrored the whole living room. Mm-hmm. And that became the rehearsal space. The rehearsal right. space. And we would rehearse like every night. Wow. We would do our own choreography, right? You know, so basically we would just learn the choreography from like the hottest music video that you saw. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then we'll just like flip it and just add our own little touch, little to flavor it. to it. Yeah, exactly. So you guys get signed. The first joint that comes out goes number one, and that was like you said, like eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Yeah, eighty-seven. Um, how, what was the recording process for that? For that first album, folks were just submitting songs. Did you guys have any input, really? Or you were just, That's like, got a song that you liked and you just kind of just did it? Nah, it's a weird one. Um, it was funny. I was just talking to my dad about a month ago. and He, he just brought up the story just out of the blue. And he was like, you know, it was weird that uh, uh, MCA made my mother and father the executive producer of our album, our first album. So they had no experience in Which managers. was unheard of. Right. Yeah. And they just gave them the budget and said, okay, you can do it. It was it was really weird. And it's a longer story than that, the, the point, the, the the whole point behind the story. But um, I found that pretty interesting. And then um, since my dad, he had a carpet cleaning business. And um, my mom and my dad, they took an entertainment management course. Uh-huh. And then from there, we met some people at the beach that had a studio, and they wanted to sign us to a, 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 production, a, a production deal. Production deal. 
So they did the demo, and then once they wanted to sign us to a production deal, was my dad and my mom, they had already took the course. They They're like, like nah, <laughs> we're not doing that. Better idea. <laughs> we're going to shop it, and right. then you guys can, you know, we'll give you guys. Like submit songs or whatever, give you slots. The right. So they produced most of the album. Okay. And um, they produced most of the album, and uh, by the end of it, um, Babyface and L.A. were just starting out. Right. And my dad had a carpet cleaning business, so he used to clean the carpets of the solo. And um, ran into him. Yeah. Oh, we see him all the time. And uh, they had some songs, and the rest was history. Wow. One interesting detail about the first album was. It took three years to record the album. Um, the label just felt like, okay, it's not ready yet. Keep recording, keep recording, find more songs, you know. And I thought that's a good strategy, you know. Don't drop, drop it until it's ready. Ready, you know. And it, it really worked. When it dropped, it hit. Yeah, it hit hard. It did. So that first album, what you guys had, two number ones, three number ones from that first album. Yeah, two number ones from that first album. It was two number ones, and I think um, the third single was like top three. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, so AM Caffeine Morning Show. Q Nice. Let's go into a mix real quick. Come back. We got the boys in the building, and we're just talking about just the... Uh, There's so much history, and the struggle and how different it was then... From you know eighty eight to two thousand seventeen, and just how much access folks have now, they don't know the 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 grind that you know you guys had to had to deal with back then. It's just so much easier now, just to put out music, and anyone can th- you know thinks they're uh, an artist or a star because they can put up a song on SoundCloud or YouTube or whatever it is, and not knowing. The struggles of the dealing with the record labels and, and, and budgets and all that stuff is such a different time. So the boys is in here dropping jewels, man. AM Caffeine Morning Show. Q Nice, let's go into the mix and we're going to come back. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's time for the AM Caffeine Morning Show. Committed to do ya. Yeah. Had me pictured as the man of your dreams, yeah. but everything good ain't a 
as good as it seems. I might love you and leave you or tease you, then please you. But girl, you're just too good for me to try to squeeze you. The first day I met you, I felt as though I knew. That's why I told you up front that I was gonna do you. I'm gonna do you. I'm gonna do you. I'm gonna do you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jungle brother, place you like a man. Treat you like a baby, hold you by the hand. I give you a yard, you try to take a mile. You're grinning in my face, calling me your pal. My brother's coming up to me, singing, yo, he ain't true blue. Africa, Africa, he's biting off of you. He's trying to get over, so watch your back. I say I see no problem, oh boy, cause I got it like that. So if you really wanna know who's doing who, you can tell your whole tribe that I'll be doing you. Whoa, 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 whoa. DJ Q Nice.
AM Caffeine Show. The boys in the building, dude. That was Lucky Charm. That that went number one too. Hey. <laughs> so, you know, and, and a lot of your videos were so high energy, and so those videos, which consist of so much dancing, and we talked about this, we touched on it a little bit. You guys. Basically learn I mean obviously You guys probably knew To dance But you saw dances That you guys liked And then you kind of, You guys just Made your own Flavor out of it Right Who well, actually I mean, Who was making up The steps though Like so you saw a dance And then how did you Realize okay We need to put this In a choreographed fashion Well By the time That the singles Were released And we started doing The videos For the first singles that's when Rosie Perez became our choreographer. Oh, I didn't yeah. even know. Wow. Yeah, Rosie was our, our choreographer. Wow, that is, that's a jewel right there, dude. Mm-hmm. So, I'll tell you another story. So, uh, the infamous Bobby Brown Gumby. Yes. So, Rosie had, uh, you know, other, some other dancers with her named Heart and Soul. Heart and Soul. Because Heart and Soul was Bobby's backup dancers and they also you know choreographers with Rosie with with us and I think Taj got the Gumby and then uh one of the heart and soul brothers, what ha- what happened was okay. what happened was we had a barber personal barber who would go everywhere with us his name was Fami and so in those days you remember how like Hit and play. They had the like one side was high, uh, the yeah. other side was low, but it was almost like a, a <laughs> like building, a little step. You know? Yeah, it was like a step. <laughs> so I was telling my, I was trying to explain that to our barber. I was like, I want one side high, the other side step down low. He misunderstood, me. <laughs> and he cut it in a slant. You know, he cut my hair in a slant, and that's how it came about. And so. The next show we had, we had a show with Bobby Brown in Sacramento or up in Northern California. And uh, we were like, we were in the uh, the trailer in the dressing room with him. And he saw my hair. He's like, yo, what's that? What you got on your hair, man? What you call that? And everybody was like joking and like, cracking jokes and stuff. And like, oh, that's the Gumby. You know? And so next time... I saw Bobby was the Every Little Step video. And he had, and he the, had the Gumby. He had the oh, Gumby, yeah. That's not what was portrayed in the new edition, no, Biopic. You know, I know that for damn sure. When I saw that, I was like, oh, snap. Bobby, you know y'all got some explaining to do, Lucy. Some explaining to do. It's crazy. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah, that's that's history. Bobby jacked the mother effing boys. Wow. Um. All right, so... First album, two number ones. What was the first tour? What was what was the first big tour for the boys? Uh, I, you know what? I forgot the name of the tour. What, Who was on it? The, the tour, but uh, we actually had new kids on the block. Yeah, new kids on the block. They were opening up. New kids on the block was opening up for the boys. Right, because Tracy was on. No, Tracy was on Capitol Records, not Motown. Right, I believe. Capitol. Yeah. It's interesting too because I think the shows nowadays, the way they do them is, you you have to be in the same camp. Either you have to you have to be a um, like if you're Young Money, you got to be part of the same yeah, crew. Uh huh. Live 
Live Nation. Live Nation. If it's Live Nation, everybody's Live Nation. If it's if it's Interscope, everybody's. Yeah, Live yeah, yeah. You know, unless it's some special, you know, if it's like it's a huge, huge, huge act or something like that. But it's it's different now. Like you, like you were talking about earlier, you were saying like the difference between now and how. And then, it's, yeah. It's, 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 so that first tour, so you guys are going out with with new kids on the block. What was the audience? As far was it? I mean, it had to be very mixed. Was it a lot of white kids? Because it was, there was new kids on the block. It was actually it was very mixed. It was uh, it was a perfect mix, and um, it was interesting to say the least. It was very interesting because they came out <laughs> after us, right? Also, so it was like. We came out, we were doing our thing, and then they came out also shortly after. And so it was just kind of like a, a synergy that kind of Wow. Yeah. So after the success of the first the, the first album, you're going to the second album. How old are you guys now, the second album? I was 16. 16. Yeah. Hawk was how old? Probably 14. 14? Yeah. Um... So now going into the second album, is it the same process? Do you guys have a little more say in regards to song selection, production, or is it still the same folks are submitting stuff and you're kind of just doing that? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, it's a, We have a lot more say. You have a lot more say. Yeah, this time we're producing now. We've been around LA and Face a lot. And, um, you know, our uh, band members... And, um, you know, we got our own home studio and equipment and drum machines and stuff. And we came up with a song and we were excited about it. And we went up to Motown. And we just sung the hook right into Gerald's ear. And he got excited. It was like, I'm calling. I'm calling accounting right now. We're going to get you guys in the studio. We're going to cut it. He got so excited. That we cut the song and put the song out right away. Uh-huh. And the song went number one. And we didn't even have an album ready at all. So you just put, and that that was, what song was that? That was uh, Crazy. That was Crazy, which was my joint. So who produced Crazy? Hawk produced it. Actually, actually Crazy like, was my joint. Yeah, we all produced it. Hawk did the track. Right. Did the track, and um, yeah. So that was, that was the most successful song from that album, correct? I would say yes. It was, yeah. It was, it, it yeah. was right? Yeah. And in that video, you guys kind of parried a, parodied a bunch of different... You did some Janet... You copied a little bit of Janet Jackson, George Michael, Millie Vanilli, Lip Vanilli yeah. uh, Bobby Brown, Jackson, as you Bobby should Brown. since he stole your, stole your Gumby. Um, it was a bunch of folks that... In that very funny video. Who directed that video? Do you remember? Jerry Kramer. Jerry Kramer. Okay. We kind of, I mean, it was our concept. Right. You know what I'm saying? We came up with the concept. and uh, But Jerry Kramer was the lead director. And then Kyrie was kind of like a co-director. Right. Yeah. So after the second album. And Hot produced probably like 90% of that of album. album. Yeah. Um, and, and we did that album at uh, Paisley Park. The majority of it. In Minneapolis? Yeah. What the hell? How did that happen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm glad you... I would have went right... But how did that happen? Did y'all see Prince? No. Prince was... We, uh, we tried, was, though. <laughs> we, we, he, was, he was in Europe. He was in Europe for the summer. And uh, we did not see him. We were huge fans of his. But we raided that place, man. We, we were, were all over that place. 
All, it was amazing. All the restricted areas. We you y'all was in it. We was trying to break in. All the secret areas. I'll tell you a story. He had, a, um, he had an apartment there in, the, um, in, the, in, in Paisley Park. And he had a diary on the table. And you, can cut, you couldn't get in the apartment, but it was all glass. You could see in. And you could see, like, his penmanship. It was, like, perfect. Like, perfect penmanship. No scratches. Nothing. Like... And then he had another uh, he had another setup where he had like uh, all his tailors and he would fax in like drawings of different clothes that he wanted uh-huh. and they'd just make them and put them on on his little mannequin. Right. And, and so you could see it. all that. Oh, they'd be yeah, making yeah. it right there. They make it right there. He we had like a, a whole yeah. factory, a clothing factory, you know, a miniature clothing yeah. factory where they made custom made all, all his stuff. Wow. So, so yeah, no yeah, like uh, him wearing Gucci or uh, Chanel, all that crap. No, nah, nah, right. His, his own, own stuff, his shit, own creation. Period. Right. You know what I'm saying? And they said he would change sometimes like three, four times a day. Right. Just because. Because he's friends. Right. You know <laughs> right. Yeah. I think I wouldn't want to try that one. Right. So after the second album, how was it? Uh, you know, you guys are brothers, but now... Recording artists, how was it with you guys getting along? Was there ever any cause that has to be hard now? Y- your business partners, how how was that? Especially with the success, was there any ever any like real drama with you guys? Like what what I mean, because keeping a group together is hard, and it has to be even harder with family members. Like what were some of the some of the issues, if any, just to just to Try to keep you guys together. I, I'll just weigh in real quick from from my point of view. Um, there was it was like a family vacation the whole time, pretty much, and we just be traveling around and just have to perform, you know. And it wasn't I I didn't there was no problems, you know. Right. What I'm saying? I didn't see any problems. Right. Me, me personally, no. It was like a big family vacation. That's the whole thing reminds me. Of, you know? For me, it's like. You know, we're brothers. You know what I'm saying. So you know, when you when you were growing up with your brothers, there's always that. Like we would always roughhouse. We would always crack jokes. That's what on brothers each do. Other. Yeah, that's yeah. what brothers do. So there's always that dynamic there that's present. You know what I'm saying. But there was never any like malice or anything crazy like that right but, but of course there was always we were always fighting right we were of course always roughhousing we always clashing right because that's what brothers do you know but it's like you know like kai said like a family vacation traveling with with your best friends and with your you know with your family so what what was the was there a turning point to where you guys put out three albums with motown after the third album, then what happens? Was it was there your recording contract up with Motown? Actually, um, we were supposed to do another album. Uh huh. They gave us a nice large sum to get started, and I was the main one who said, "You know what? I don't want to do it." Wow! So yeah. after they gave you the money, after we got the money. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you cashed the check and said I'm cool. Yep. And then, <laughs> and then okay, my wait. Dad told what me, was 
Why did you feel you didn't want to do? Were you just sick of music, or you didn't want to do it at Motown? What was what was going through your mind? Um, it was just a real crazy business. Um, also, too, like my pops with the kind of Joe Jackson type of mm-hmm. influence. Wasn't feeling that anymore. You know? Right. But at that point, you guys were old enough to kind of say, maybe find other representation, or was it hard because it was your dad? Yeah. It, it wasn't that easy. To, right. To just get out of that. Yeah. You know? hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, they, the label felt like, well, we can't force them to do something they don't want to do. So. They got back to us and said, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give you guys a label. You know, we're going to turn it into a label deal. Mm-hmm. You can find sign your own artists, produce them, and put them out, and we'll get our money back. That, that, we, that. that they gave you. Exactly. Because y'all cast a check, and they wasn't getting that back. You see? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we, like, built a... Studio, right? Studio. We signed a few artists, started recording. Hawk, were you producing for other folks outside of like? Was there any other established artists that you were producing for, or was it just basically in house? Many, many, many established artists I was working for. Definitely, Bobby Brown, Shanice Wilson, Kevin Campbell. There's there's a few of them that I. uh, I'd have to go back and actually read read the history. Right. It's a long time ago. So you guys were going to have a label deal. You were going to start signing your own acts. Yeah, and we were, we were doing it. We were on the road recording. Things were, were going along fine, smooth. And then all of a sudden, one big company came and bought Motown and fired all the executives. All the groups on the roster. Dropped all the groups. Dropped everybody, wiped everything out, and started fresh. So Thank you, Andre Harrell. Thank you. (laughs) Well, you know what? I was you know what? I was part of that, so I understand. Okay. (laughs) I was working at Motown at the time. Okay. And was there for five years. The new Motown. Until I was there. I mean, I was part of the Gerald Busby. I was part of that Biv 10 right. and all that stuff and was there until uh, Andre Harrell came and got rid of everybody from the West Coast and then put out Horace Brown. Terrible. Go ahead. Mm. <laughs> so, Big so shout yeah, out to um, Horace Brown. Big shout. shout out to Horace Brown. No, that was basically like the end of that label situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just kept producing as much as I could, uh, being creative, mm-hmm. enjoying myself. But I did notice, like, the industry started becoming more and more, uh, I don't know what, what the right word for it is, but the vibes wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Shady. You know? mm-hmm. And then, Shady. As, as I was growing, <laughs> I was becoming more... Conscious, mm-hmm. understanding it more. Yeah, not only conscious in that way, but like positive, mm-hmm. you know. And I wanted to do more music with positive messages, you know, things like that. And executives would be like, "Hold on, what? What is? We this? don't want that. Yeah, we want that other stuff you were doing, like 
sex, drugs, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Where's that? Where's that other stuff you had before? You know? And that really messed me up. I mean, just emotionally, I was like, man, I'm not feeling this. You know? So that kind of led to going to Africa. Right. Y'all got your Dave Chappelle on and bounced. You know what I'm saying? So what? <laughs> And that was before. Did you Dave, have that was before that was Dave, Dave that was before Dave Chappelle. Before Dave even thought about doing anything revolutionary like that. You know so what I'm we put that in Dave's head. <laughs> so Africa. Dave. What was it? A conversation? Was you you had family there? What what made you want to move to Africa? Like what was it? Besides, well, I, and I understand what you're saying. You wanted to get away from the industry and all that stuff. But what made Africa the destination? I would say we had been to Africa before and that gave us like a um, positive impression. You know, we I liked it a lot. I felt the vibes. I, I made some incredible music when I was there. Inspiration was, you know, on max. But being in Atlanta, Georgia, you know, there's a big, what would you call it, Afrocentric mm-hmm. community there. And we were really deep into that. And the elders there were always in our ear like, your power's in Africa. You have to go back. Mm-hmm. And we was believing everything. Everything was saying. Just eating it up, you know, embodying all of the teachings, all of the inspiration they were giving us. And um, one day, uh, a lady showed up, Oli Tao. She was like, you know they're having this this festival, the what is it, the Roots Festival in Gambia, and we'd like you guys to perform there. And uh, we'll fly you over, hotels, take care of everything. And we're like, yo, like that's a sign. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. You know, we we've been yearning for Africa. Mm-hmm. So um, before we went, I had this bright idea. I was like, yo. Guys, if it's nice, let's stay. Let's not go back. So we actually prepared to stay, to stay if you liked it. Yep. And to just open the studio and start recording artists. And that's what we did. We just stayed. We didn't use our plane tickets back. Wow. So you get there, decide to stay. What's the first, like, what do you do for housing? So like, let's go get an apartment. Like, how does all that work? Well, you know, we were, we were staying in a hotel. They they had us in there for a long time, and then the lady Oli Tao, we ended up moving into her dad's place. Okay, we stayed there for a couple months until we found a house for rent, and they're they're pretty cheap. Like, we got a house probably for the whole year. It was like four thousand dollars. What four thousand dollars for the year? Yeah, I think it was. So. It, was a, it was a nice, really year. nice house too. Yeah. It was bomb. Brand so, new, brand new house right behind the uh, United. The, uh, right about five five minutes walk from the beach, maybe. Yeah. So you stay for that year, like straight? Do you come back to the states, or you just stay there? Straight three, there, three years straight. So three years straight there. How does that work with the visa and all that stuff? Well, um, you have to, like, keep renewing visas and stuff. But since we had hookups, 
We ended up getting what, like a work visa, honorary citizenship, uh huh, and got the passport. Oh, okay. To be a Gambian, you know what I'm saying. So I have dual citizenship. Oh man, so, that's the hookup right there. Then you don't have to do the visas. Wow. So you can go back anytime. You can just stay, and there's no issues. You have a house there. He's so chill. It's just like, yeah, man, it's really nice. Like, not all these bills and stuff like you have in America. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a blessing. How's the music scene there as far as, because, you know, you being in the production and all that. How How is that scene there? I mean, Africa, the music in Africa as a whole is like, it's really blowing up. It's crazy. But Gambia. Mm-hmm. Is like the smallest country in Africa, maybe one of the s- smallest countries in the world. So it's a very small industry. Mm-hmm. It's not a big business at all. But um, we did a lot for the Gambian music industry. And mm-hmm. then we started to work in Senegal, Nigeria, Ghana, all over. Um, so now with. 2017 what is the the plan are you gonna do you so who lives in africa now who has a uh you have a hawk has a crib there who else uh, i'm the only person you're the only one yeah. are you coming back i mean what are we doing huh you know i'm i'm like flexible right now okay i'm just i'm the way i see it now is probably some back and forth right right because America for business, mm-hmm. you know. But Af- I love Africa for living, for freedom, for just a vibe. Right. And the, and the music too is like really exciting. I'm so, kind of on the same tip as well. Too. You're on the same tip as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So wait, so you live where now? In Atlanta. You live in Atlanta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. How long have you been in Atlanta? I actually, I, I really like Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta's cool. Atlanta's cool. Um, I've been there just kind of like off and on. So I was in Africa for some time. And then when I came back, I came back to Atlanta. Okay. And since then, I've, I've been there in Atlanta, kind of posted up, raising my daughters and everything. And, you know, really, that's really the only thing that's kind of like locked me down in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? It's just really being there to, you know, father my my, my daughters yeah, and everything. Right. You know, but really, my heart is is in Africa. You know. Speaking of, sure. so, um, I'd say maybe five months ago, we got a chance to all go over there and uh, do some music together. So we were over there for like three months, but we got a chance to go to Cape Verde, which is from Dakar. It's about an hour and a half flight. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to go to Cape Verde. And uh, Taj absolutely lost his damn mind. <laughs> no, Taj, <laughs> let, me tell you, let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> he got pictures. You need to see his. No, I'm just teasing. So, <laughs> wait till you see the video. No, I'm just kidding. So, Taj, we went. We had a great time. Um, we, we, we did some work over there. And then... Uh, Taj just like just disappeared for like I guess he went back for like a month and a half <laughs> just to re to really inspect all the islands because how many islands are there? 
How it's many twelve islands. Twelve islands. So eleven Taj, that are populated. One so, is unpopulated. Yeah. So Taj did all fifteen of them. Wow. So, but there's only twelve. Right. <laughs> That's how much he liked it. So <laughs> it's bomb. No, it's, it's really bomb. Do you guys at this point miss the performance aspect of you know of what you guys did because you did it for so long? Do you? Is there a yearning to get back out there and and uh, perform again? You just want to continue to be behind the scenes and kind of just still produce and write. What 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 is the feeling across the board with the group at this point? I think for me, it's a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, definitely uh, the performance is literally for me and for a lot of people. It's literally. A natural high, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to be in front of um, a crowd of people, whether it's a small crowd or a big crowd, you know, it's it's a natural high. Mm-hmm. It's know? a feeling you can't describe yeah. unless you've for, done it. For most people, mm-hmm. you know, some people get scared in front mm-hmm. of crowds, you know. Um, but then also, too, the behind the scenes is um, that is the business model as well. That's a great business model mm-hmm. to be able to be behind the scenes. And um, have properties working for you while you sleep. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's songs, whether it's movies, whether it's intellectual properties, whether it's groups, whatever. You know, um, still maintaining your anonymity. You know, yeah. Which is, you which can is you can nice be yourself. Too. You can slip into a room and no one knows who you are, and you can hear everything. Right. And people don't act funny. So I've been in situations. Uh, you know, I, uh, I. I went into uh, production, right? So um, camera, AC, loading, um, videos, and and shooting, shooting videos, and all that type of stuff, and doing behind the scenes. So I've gotten a chance to see a lot of entertainers, and you see all the, the big ones to the small ones, and and some of them when they walk in the room, the whole vibe changes. Mm-hmm. People act funny, they get quiet, mm-hmm. they you know get nervous, what have you. And then I've seen also, I've seen um, the behind the scenes players come in who are a hundred times bigger, a thousand times bigger, and nobody knows who they are. And everybody's just acting regular. (laughs) Right. You know, and they can just like survey the whole room and see who's who and what's going on, you know. So I say it's a mixture of both for me personally. Hot, what about you? For me, I see. both behind the scenes and performance for me is more like fun and mm-hmm. enjoyment mm-hmm. you know um yeah that's that's my whole take on it and i think a lot of artists don't have the luxury to approach it from that that standpoint you know everyone wants to put on that amazing show but they don't have the chance to just free up and enjoy, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's that's the place I'm coming from, and to me, that's been like the key and the secret to my success from a child all the way till now. You know, like the big song "Mama Africa" on on Akon as well. It's like it all comes from love, joy, having fun, and and that's that's where I'm at with it. I think like. Even if I don't get paid to perform, I'm. I love to jam 
with a live band. Mm-hmm. Like before I came here a couple months ago, I was in Senegal and one group that I produced was on stage performing. Went to the went to the performance to check them out. And the band was just jamming and everything. I was like, man, I just gotta get up and, and jam with them for one song. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care about the audience or, or none of that. It's just there's a band here. Right. And there's musicians. And this is fun. Right. And I just need to have a little fun because I'm not going to take time to hire all these guys to come together and have the sound system and everything just to jam. So since they're here, you know, I just walked Let's on Just stage. get it in. Yeah. I walked on stage. I told the guy, yo, man, um, I, I want them to play that song y'all did before. He told the band, play that track. I pulled out the flute. I started singing some melodies, playing the flute. The whole place just went nuts. <laughs> the whole place was roaring. And they they don't speak, you know, English. It's just a feel. Or nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that showed me, like, I'm like, whoa. And I hadn't performed in a long time. I don't even call it performing. I just had fun. Right. And the whole place went nuts. So I'm like, that's it. That's the key, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what a lot of people have lost these days. You're right, man. AM Caffeine Warner Show, the boys in the building, and it is truly uh, an honor to be able to, to to speak to you guys. And like I said, from you know watching you guys from video days when MTV and B, when they play, really played videos, they don't do that anymore on TV. Exactly. Um. I appreciate you guys coming by. Uh, I look forward to if you guys are, you know, getting back to doing more music as the boys. Um, I look forward to that. And if it's just from a production standpoint and other artists you guys are working with, you know, there's 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 an open door policy here at the AM Caffeine Show for you guys. I'm a, I'm a fan. Um, no problem, man. I appreciate, I appreciate it so much. You guys are rocking with the AM Caffeine Show today on this way back Wednesday. Um, got to come back next time with the other boy who ain't here today. That's right, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. AM Caffeine Show. Shout out to the boys, man. Uh, once again, shout out to my boy uh, Ken France has been known to put a couple things together, and this is probably a real cool thing. Ken, thank you, buddy. <laughs> yes, sir. Hawk. Um, we're working on a new project too, so everyone can look out for that. And um, we're looking for. Hot producers, there it is. songwriters. Okay, so real quick before we get out of here, if somebody wants to submit something to you, what's the best way to get it to you? Um, I think Facebook is the easiest way to reach us. Facebook, is there is the there boys the boys all fan? Access. The boys what? All access. The boys all access on Facebook. Hot producers. Don't not don't send us no hot ass garbage. <laughs> okay, you know their pedigree. You Joe. know the number ones that they had. Don't come with no trash. AM Caffeine Show, the boys in the building. Thanks so much, you guys. You know, you can catch the AM Caffeine Morning Show every Wednesday and Friday. Start at 9 a.m. Go to amcaffeine.com for all uh, station times and listings. And uh, pleasure, guys, so much. Uh, See you next week. Oh, no, wait. What is today? Today's Wednesday. I'll see you guys on Friday. Hopefully, the whole crew will be here. Smooth D, Porsche Coleman, your boy DOC, DJ Q Nice. You guys enjoy your day. Once again, it's the AM Caffeine Show. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's time for the AM Caffeine Morning Show.